You see, believers, one thing that we have after the death of Christ is the Holy Spirit that has been given unto us. It's the Spirit of God that has been given unto us. That oh, one of the things that the Spirit has given to us that the end is when we speak in tongues. You see, when you speak in tongues, you don't speak tongues to just prepare yourself, but you speak to edify that spirit man in you. The tongues are not just words, but they are spirit. They are the words of God. So Jesus told them that the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Listen, tongues can bring something dead in you alive. Tongues can raise the dead because they are the words from God and the words of God are alive for one more time within the next five minutes I want a believer a child of God a son and a daughter of God that want to communicate with God tonight that want to receive something from God tonight to lift up his voice to lift up his voice and her voice in prayer in speaking in tongues for the next five minutes Wherever you are, lift up your voice and let's speak in tongues together. For, for over 20 years, and this guy has practiced it for a long time that it got to a time that he needs to meditate. And when he is meditating, his mind and everything, he begins to suspend. He meditates to suspend. And because he has come to believe that when he's focused and he's gazed, he gazed on the Buddhists that they worship, that Buddha. Buddha can be able, because they believe that they can be able to suspend in the air. That is their belief. And this man I'm talking about is now a man of God. He said that, listen, I am not joking about this. In my room, and I will sit there and cross my legs, and I will set candles around me, and my statue, my statue will be there, and I'll be looking at it. Then I'll be thinking, then I'll be thinking, then I'll be thinking. By the time that I will realize I am in the air with my legs crossed, and I was like, "Oh, this thing, it is not, it is not a news." When he said it, one thing the Holy Spirit ministered to me that it is not a news at all. It is not a news at all. Somebody would be like, because of what are you saying? We can go back to the Bible where Jesus was in the midst of the disciples after his death and resurrection. But the Bible said that they saw him going out. They saw Jesus moving, going out to the sky. This is something that which we have sometimes. The enemy sees that and they want to grab that and demonstrate it to people by blinding them for them to believe that in our kingdom, this is what we do. But the truth is that that is not how they do it. They have copied that from the kingdom of God. They want to come to a point to believe, for, for their people to believe that, listen, when you focus on Buddha, when you focus on the Judah, 
Hedonism, all those kind of things. When you focus on it, you'll be able to attain power. You'll be able to obtain something. And you see, power is something that is great. Power is something that is great. That people love it. For instance, in the realms of the spirit, once we know that all power has been given unto the children of God, so just imagine you have that power and the enemy sees you as a threat to his kingdom. One thing is that he will come to you and will be after you. That he would like to convince you that you will lose that power and he will gain advantage over you. Because he knows that what God has given unto you. Listen, Christianity, there is a lot of things that Christ has given to us. In fasting, one of the things that it does for the body of Christ or for the spirit man is that it empowers you fasting. It empowers you. It empowers you. So why is it that Jesus... Now, let me go back to... Not before I come back to Jesus, let me go back to Moses. Now, Moses... He would have to fast before he will receive the word, the word of God. Listen, God demonstrated everything to Moses even before he spoke to him. He demonstrated his power to him. So God could have given Moses right away the, the commandment, right away. Over if, if, if he was able to demonstrate his power to the south, he could have given the man of God the commandment right away. But there was some power that he wanted him to acquire before presenting the commandment unto the people. Listen, you can be a lawyer and you can you'll be able to speak or you are able to speak the word, the words or that which you have learned. But your personality can make sure that that word will not contain any power. It's like how you are or the person you are. Sometimes they will make you feel powerless. So Moses was not just going to lead just people, but he was going to lead intelligent people. The Israelites was not just a normal people, but they were people, they were learned people. But they knew when we talk about wisdom things, they knew it. And Moses was going to lead them. Now, Moses is also a learned person. So now, learned people trying to compare styles or trying to settle things. The only difference that will make one's knowledge to be accepted is power. The only difference. Now, Moses, what do you have? You are presenting the word of God to us. So that is why Apostle Paul will say that I don't just preach the word of God just like that, but I preach with demonstration of power. So now, for the word to be demonstrated, for the word to be presented, it needs power to embark it. So Moses has to spend time 40 days and nights 
praying for God's word to be delivered. If it was just the word, God would have done it fast. But God was preparing Moses for the journey ahead to empower him because he was going to lead people, people of God. Your fasting that you have been doing, if it is just to receive a testimony that to receive a job testimony, to receive a child testimony, to receive a married testimony, God would have given it to you straight away. That is not how, I mean, that thing cannot, can be done without you not fasting. That is God. But because of the task ahead, God wants to give you power. Power. You might not understand what it means to have power. But not understand what it means to, uh, to contain power in the kingdom of God. So Moses, you, you have come from the Mount Sinai to present to us these words, these commandments. What was the backing the commandments? It was the power of God. Because after Moses descended from the first and came down, this man was empowered by God. So when he said, Thou shalt not, these Israelites were people that they challenged a lot. They challenged a lot. We can see from the beginning that they were challenged. They are people that they challenged because of the knowledge that they have, because of what they have been learning. But when Moses presented to them, Thou shalt not, Thou shalt not, they accepted it. One with the other. Listen, man of God, woman of God, there is a power that you will need for your word to be accepted. There is a power that you will need for the gospel to be accepted. We don't force people, but you see, when you obtain power in prayer and fasting, when you speak, even die. You will see that it follows. There is a power that follows. And that person cannot contain. And that person over there cannot stand. And that person will, will, will receive that power. And Jesus also starting his ministry. That he was the son of God. Oh, tell me church. He the son of God. Not the son of the carpenter. But the son of God. Why is it that he needs to go through the 40 days of fasting? He was demonstrating to the church that, listen, before you begin something, before you begin an assignment, make sure you have acquired enough power. Make sure you have acquired enough power. Listen, there are people that will get into marriages that they don't acquire power. Listen, because marriages is agreement between two people. And the devil hates whenever there is an agreement. The devil hates whenever people agree to do something. That is why the devil is after your soul because you have agreed with the Lord that he is the Lord of your Savior. So that is why he is after you because whenever there is an agreement, he does not like and he is not pleased with that. So therefore, the devil is after marriages because they have agreed together. And when they agree together, they are able to accomplish a lot. People that are in agreement are able to accomplish things a lot. 
So therefore, what the enemy will do is that now the, the enemy will blind a lot of people. Their knowledge about having power before they enter into their marriage. You saying that if you're a man, you can rule in your house just with your 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 your, your, your six packs or just with that 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 muscles or just with that money. No, that is not what it is. There is a power that you need to acquire that when the enemy encounters you in your house, when he comes, he sees the power that is the covering, covering your marital house. You rise away because he will see that this house is untouchable. So to start with something, you need to acquire power. You need to acquire power. We are coming to pray. You want to pray for power. Listen, there are things that in heaven realm you want to operate, open heavens. If you want to operate, you need this power tomorrow. I'm going to think about it. But today, I think this is just a prayer, a prayer that I want to lift up. And I want us to get understanding about this. You want to pray and tell God that called within this fast and today as I've joined this meeting. God give me power. Listen, there is a power that you need. I can, can tell and testify. You see, in, in my church, where I come from many years ago, that when you go and hold, there was something that if you go and hold a position in the church as a as a leader, you will always encounter that thing, and that thing will always bring you down. There was this thought from the enemy that every leader that uh, that holds that position is either you you there there is a woman that will bring you down, or it's either there is money that they will use to bring you down. So many years ago. Let's say four years, I think four years ago, if I'm not wrong, and I have to go back to my church and hold that position. But before that position, the Lord opened my eyes and, and showed me a lot of things that they used to do in the church or the things that they have planned against every leader that encounters that position. And one was women. And if you don't take care of the ladies, they will use your own people to bring you down. Your own very people they will use to bring it down. The people that you are helping, they will use to bring it down. And the other thing was money. Then God told me this and he said, Sir, one thing that we need you to do is pray for power. Pray for power. So that you will be able to overcome these things. And church of God, I can tell you by the grace of God, there were a lot of things that the enemy used that even I have to come to a point that you have to say people, Bible say that, Paul say that, I have to come to a point and lower myself so that I can save people, be like them and save people. And when you are becoming like them, the enemy thing that you are just like them. But if you don't acquire power, power, enough power, when you go down, down to raise people and you are not powerful, you, they will bring you down. You will you just say, oh, be careful. You can't rise up again. You can't rise up again. So I acquired power and I prayed. And to the glory of God, by the time that I left, 
Oh, I remember when I was leading and who leading a prayer meeting that some people would just come around and it was like they want to take the mic away. And I would see and I'll be praying in tongues and I'll be praying and fire and I'll be I'll be telling myself that I mean if you are a man in the spirit, eh, come and take the mic. Come and take the mic. Come and take the mic. Power is very important in the, in the kingdom of God. For you to overcome certain things, you need power so that you can discipline your party, so that you can discipline yourself. We want to pray this prayer that, oh God, help me to acquire power to overcome. Help me to acquire power in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice wherever you are. Let's pray. And as I joined, God was talking to me. You see, the opening, I will think the letters one after the other. Then I will talk about it and I, I will explain it and ask God, the Spirit of God, lead us. But prophetically, let before I start, I see seven keys, seven keys, seven keys being released in the realms of the spirit. Be released in the realms of the spirit. And the keys I saw, thank you Lord, thank you Lord. The keys I saw, but I saw that there was a keys in a box. But when the box was being opened, the keys was with fire. The keys alone were, it's, it's like a fire. It's like a fire. And when we hand over the keys to seven people, I saw that with the seven people that receive the keys, as soon as they receive the keys, their body began to turn into fire. Turn into fire. Turn into fire. Their body began to turn into fire. And I asked God that, hey God, what is this? And God said that I am changing their nature into a fire form. I am changing their nature into a fire form. Then the Holy Spirit explained to me that now when we say God is a consuming fire, which means that he appears in a figure of fire, a figure of fire. And anywhere he is in a figure of fire, it is so difficult for things to come around. And the Spirit of God ministered to me that within these seven people, there are things that you have been touching and there is always like, as you, when you do, you try to do it, it doesn't end well. When you try to build it, there is a breakdown. But God is ministering to me to tell the seven people that after tonight and after this conference, you are going to build and that anything that you will build with your hands, it is going to be of fire. And after that, anything that will come around to distract it or to destroy it, the Lord is speaking, speaking to me to tell the seven people here that from today you will consume 
these things. You will consume this thing. Spiritually, the Lord is telling me now that somebody is going to have a dream. A dream. And in the dream, you will see yourself. It's more that you are flying with a bird. You are flying with a bird. And as you fly, you realize that there is a bird flying with you. This is a bird flying with you, not an eagle, but a bird. But when you go up higher to a higher altitude, all of a sudden I saw that there was a fire that have crashed the bed, and I saw the bed burning into ashes. And the Lord is speaking to me to tell somebody here, any monitoring bed that have been sent to monitor your movement, and even when you go high, the bed is able to come around. This time around, God is speaking to me to speak to somebody here that after this, your conference, the level that he has taken you to, the level that he has taken you to, even if that thing, even if that thing can fly up high to that level, that thing will get bent. That thing will get bent in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me just move on to the world so that I don't get distracted with the prophecy. Hallelujah. And today I want us to pray as well. I want us to pray as well. Amen. So now the opening, as I said, the O, that the word O here, the Spirit of the Lord ministered to me to, to speak to us that the word O here means that you have been ordained. It means ordained. <coughs> ordained. Ordained. Which means that each and everybody here have been ordained and when we say ordained we have been appointed for an assignment or let's say having been invested with a ministerial assignment so ordained is when you have been appointed appointed and the lord is telling me to tell everybody here that's listen when we talk about an open heaven which means that God has already ordained you in the heaven realm. God has already ordained you because, listen, if you are not ordained, you cannot enter into heaven. If you are not ordained, you cannot experience open heaven. If you are not ordained, you cannot experience the power of God. That is why when we go to Jeremiah, he told Jeremiah, Jeremiah saw that he was a little child and he cannot speak. You see, God did not tell him anything, but God wanted to tell Jeremiah, I ordain you before the pre- pre- foundation of this world. That even before the world was built, I ordain you, Jeremiah. I ordain you. And I called you as a priest. I ordain you and I called you as a priest, a prophet among the people. So in open heaven, the word open is that God has ordained somebody for an assignment listen people of god you do not come on this earth without you not being ordained sometimes we look at ourselves and we look at our situation and we look at our our, our conditions and we think that we are not 
capable of doing something or handling something. We think that there are certain people that God has already called to do something. So when we go to the scriptures, we will see in Exodus where Exodus chapter 29, verse 29 to 46. Exodus chapter 29, verse 29 to 46. I, 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 I won't read that, but I just want to read just the 29. And I want to read something there for us so that we can get it. Today, I just want to go in this way, but tomorrow, I think I will, I will fire up. Tomorrow, I'm going to fire up to a level. So today, I just want to lay the foundation. There we go. So now, the 29, Bible says that, And the holy garment of Aaron shall be his sons after him, to be anointed therein, to be concentrated in them. These were these men were ordained, ordained. They were anointed. So to be ordained means that you have been anointed. They were anointed for a purpose to become a priest. They were anointed to accomplish a certain assignment. There is nobody that God can bring on this earth that God will not anoint you. Sometimes we think about the anointing of God. We think that it is only for the ministerial work. But I'm here to speak to. 20 people here that listen the anointing is not only for a ministerial work but even at your workplace you have been anointed for that which means that you are the right person to do that work at your marriage you have been anointed for that which means that you are the right person to marry that right man which means that you are the right person to marry that right woman and you have been anointed by God, you have to be ordained, which means that God has purposely called you and has poured His anointing on you. So, anywhere you get to, you have been called and ordained by God, not by men. So, God called these young men, ordained them, anointed them. So, the word oh means that God has ordained us for an assignment so when you go to read leviticus chapter 8 verse 30 will make you understand what it means to be ordained this where the the priest the old testament how the priest was being ordained and when we come to the new testament jesus christ was ordained as a priest as a priest he was ordained for us that when you go matthew chapter 16 verse 16 Matthew 16, 16. Okay, let me just read that. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Son of the living God. Now, when Jesus was asking questions about who he was, he was asking questions that who do men say I am? Sometimes it gets to a point that people have to ask, ask I wonder why, who are you? I mean, who are you? Who are you? Do men say you are? Sometimes you get to a place, people are doing something. Right after you get there, you start to take something to do. Everybody is falling back. And they will be looking at you and staring at you in a different way. Thinking a different way. It's like, ah, I said, you cry. You don't deserve to be around them. You don't deserve to be there. So Jesus was walking the disciples and he said, 
Who men say I am? You see, listen, people of God, why? Let me put it this way. Because you are on this earth, put it at the back of your mind that people will question about your identity and who you are and where you are. Especially whenever you see elevation coming in your life. That's the people will question about your elevation and they'll be like, hey, which kind of person is this? I mean, people will then be taking and going to your background and asking questions. I remember many years ago, then Apostle, when God saved us and called us, then we were doing the work of God. And people saw us, those signs, not like today that we want to, God wants us to use our posters, just like we want to use But the first time we used our pictures on posters, I remember a friend called me and said, Hey, hey Charlie, what are you so for? Hey, Charlie, the person was like, ah, I was like, I, 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 I was quiet and I allowed him to finish talking. And when he finished talking, I was like, "Are they? They are meant to me for Can God go? So you are trying to say that God is so foolish to go ask into the kingdom of God. God is, and some people will just stare at you. Sometimes you go and take the mic, like you, you are not part of the singers. But when you go and take a mic that you want, you feel your calling, that you want to do something for God, that is when you will see people around and like, hey, are you, what part do you play? I mean, voice notes background, what key do you even play? Hey, more, uh, some people can make comment like, and and I, 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 people will just question your identity. People will just question. So I believe Jesus was, what Jesus went through all these things. Then one day he wanted the, the disciples to know who he is. That the disciples should not listen to what people are saying. Because when he gave the, he, they were giving the answers. A lot of people gave answers per what people were saying. That we have heard that they are saying that you are this. So we believe that you are this. You see, as when you work with God, your experience with God, you should be able to describe who God is. You should not let people describe who your God is. If you sit down for people to describe who your God is, that means that you have not experienced or encountered God fully. That means that there is some aspect in your life that you have not given it all to God. So everybody was talking about who God is and everybody was talking about the identity. Therefore, there was a man that knew that, no, this man has been ordained for this assignment. Because if people are questioning about his anointing, then Peter said unto Jesus, that Jesus, do you know something? Can I tell you something, Jesus? I know that all what these men are saying are true. But Jesus, can I tell you something that you are the son of the living God? Which means that Jesus, you have been ordained. So Bible said that when all the men who were being baptized, Jesus, when it got to the time of Jesus being baptized, when Jesus also was baptized, there was an open heaven. Which means that after his baptism, Peter was not there to say that. But after the baptism, heaven ordained 
Jesus on earth for the assignment which he was about to do. So he was ordained. That is what Peter said. Listen, you are the son of the living God, not just an ordinary man. So from today, I want to tell somebody that you are not just an ordinary woman or you are not just an ordinary lady or a man here. Don't belittle yourself because even you have caused your enemy to belittle you. You yourself. It's not your enemy that sees you that you are not good. It's you yourself. You have belittle yourself and now your enemy sees you when they see that what the like to a point that they sit there and they like you give them that opportunity sometimes they don't want to come around they see how you are praying but the words that will come out from your mouth will belittle you so that the enemy will say hey so this person the way he or she is praying this is the way that she thinks this is the way that he thinks that he sees himself not to be so powerful not to be ordained you see, she sees herself not to be ordained, therefore let that go and attack that person. But tonight, I want to speak to you that you have been ordained. You have been ordained. And the key which the Lord ministered to me that you have been ordained as a priest. Listen, somebody will say, man of God, as a priest. How have I been ordained as a priest? Isn't it just apostle and the church and some few people have been ordained as a priest? I have, when it comes to me, my mother and my father, none of them are priests. None of them are, they are not even elders. How can I be ordained as a priest? How can I be ordained as a priest? Man of God, no, this one is, is emphatically, one can be, I mean, please go and get it back again. But listen, you have been ordained as a priest. A priest is somebody that stands in the gap to, to listen to God's word and deliver to the children of God. A priest is someone who presents the petition of the children of God to God. A priest is someone who has given himself Purposely for the for God for God to use him or her so that the kingdom of God will, will benefit from that person. So when we go to Peter, Apostle Peter makes us understand that now. Before I go to Apostle Peter, in the olden days there, there were some people that were called to become to, to be priests. These are the Levites, they were called to be priests. And they were purposely trained for that work. They were purposely trained for that work. And they were learning for that work. And whenever we say they don't work, they are called to become a priest and you just listen to God and come and deliver God's word and they'll just be keeping the, the church, the, 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 the tabernacle holy and keeping it. So they were called purposely for that. And that was what they were doing. And now, Bible said after the death of Jesus Christ, the temple was torn into two. Now, the temple was turned into where the Spirit of God was. It was turned into two. Then I, I saw in the scripture that the, the Spirit of God moved away from there. Then where did the Spirit of God go? Did he go back to heaven? Did he go back to live in heaven? No, he did not go back to live in heaven, but he, he stayed on earth 
and still on earth that is purposely on earth for those that they have gotten to understand that their bodies are the temple of God where God can worship. So the Spirit of God has come into us so that we will be able to worship God. So that means that now the priest is no more there to lead us to go and worship God. So that means that we are a priest ourselves and the priest ourselves, we present our petition to God, we present our issue to God because our body is the temple of God where the Spirit of God has come to live, where the Holy Spirit is living. So now we are priests and we present ourselves. We stand in front of God for God to minister to God and to minister to the children of God. For what I'm doing now, I have giving myself to God and the Holy Spirit speaks through me. I went into prayer, prayed to God that God give me a word so that I will come and deliver to your children. In the olden days, I would have gone to Mount Sinai, the mountains where the tabernacle were there. And I would go there then. We have to pour a lot of that. I don't think they would have called me to be even a priest. Maybe if I if I am not from the Levite family, I wouldn't have been called to be a priest. I should have, maybe I will be there then wait for the priest to come. And it will prolong my leave if I have something to go out to wait till the priest comes. After which the priest comes. But now it is not so. Now the spirit of God is in you. God has poured his spirit in you. So any day, anywhere, anytime you were, everywhere, you can worship God. And you are a priest. Now, when God is speaking to you, at first, God can speak to those that he has called to be in there to do his ministerial works. But he has poured his spirit upon every child, every daughter, and woman, that everybody can can have the Spirit of God to minister to God, stand in the presence of God and speak to God, worship God, and adore the name of God. So everybody is a priest. So Apostle Peter said that in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, I want to read that. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, with us about. 2, verse 9. It says that, but ye are chosen generation. Now, he's not talking about the generation. Now, whatever you read, the Bible says that the word of God is alive, it's living. So, maybe if you see it to be a storybook or a story, you think that Apostle Peter was talking to the, to the, the church then, but it is living. So now, Apostle Peter is talking to you and I. Apostle Peter is talking to you and I. Now, he's, he's telling us that. You and I are a chosen generation. So God has chosen us. Chosen us. And he, we are chosen generation. A royal priesthood. I love in the old, in, in the, he never attached anything to the priesthood. Now he has, he has, he has added some adjective to the priesthood. For you to know the kind of priest you are, not just any normal priest, but a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
and a particular people that you should for the praise him that you should for the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So everybody that have come into Jesus Christ and accepted Jesus Christ has been called to be a priest. That is why church you cannot play with your life anyhow. You cannot move and do anything anyhow with your body. The best gift a man can give to Christ is to give his body to Christ. I have a friend, I have a friend, and anytime the friend will post pictures, and the pictures that she will post, she will post, it's like, almost like half naked, sorry church. And I'll be like, I'll ask her, hey, so are you comfortable with which you are doing? I'll just go and ask her, I'll, I'll come and ask you. I'll just go and ask her, like, are you comfortable with what you are doing? And she will send an emoji and be like, hey, you are, you, are, you are bold enough to laugh about this as well. Send me an emoji that you are laughing. And I like, uh, and I didn't hear my book. And I was like, listen, you can do all these things, but you get to some age that when you do it, it's not pleasing. People don't love it again. People don't love to see it again. When you do it, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't look beautiful again. But now that you are young, that you, the best gift you can give, it's not that time that when you do, it's not beautiful again. Because it's not beautiful again, you come and give it to Christ Jesus. Who told you that God does not like beautiful things? If he doesn't like beautiful things, I thought then he would have been able to look at the face of his son when he was he didn't have any beauty in him again. He would have been able to grab him, come back through. Once he was not able to look at it, I wish that God is also interested in beautiful things. So you, your beautiful face, your beautiful body, your handsome face, your handsome body, your six parts, your seven parts, those that we, we that we have the big parts, we that we have the, 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 the caterpillar parts, we that we have the, the, the big balloon parts, we can also present this to God because that is what he wants at this moment. So we are priests and we should be careful of how we live our life. We should be careful of how we live. And let's go to the to the E. The E and the Lord ministered to me that the E is an eye that He has given us the spiritual eyes that we are able to look beyond. We are able to look beyond. Can we open first Peter chapter 3, verse 12? Let me read that quickly. Then I will just pray someone. He said, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So, which means that if you are a righteous and you, you do that with God, listen, you do that with God tells you that God's eyes are open to you, which means there is an open heaven. His eyes and his ears. Until whenever you pray, you he listens to it and he does it as soon as possible. Then the fast, fast. Because now you, his eyes are over you. The eyes of God is on you. His ears is with you. He listens to you, and his eyes are also. Then there's the end at which the Lord ministered to me is that the end is called, he said, Nazareth. And I was like, wow, God, Nazareth. 
and it was like, yeah, my son Nazareth. You see, Nazareth is a place that people never believed in. They never believed that nothing good can come out from Nazareth. Can I tell 17 people here that, listen, people have given up. You yourself, you have given up on yourself. You think there is no hope. You think your prayers that you have been praying, you don't see any impact. You think that your fasting that you have been fasting, there is nothing that is happening. You have given up on yourself. And uh, for that matter, I can even call you Nazareth. That you don't see anything good that will come out from there. Nazareth was a place that Jesus came, Jesus came from. And Nazareth was a place that, you see, when you read the knowledge of Jesus, where he came from, he, he even came from David, he even came from the prostitutes. So it was a place that he never believed that place. He never see it as a good place that something good can come out from there. Maybe you are here. People don't see that nothing good can come out from you because of what you are doing or what you are going through. And they have tagged you with names and they have tagged you with all sorts of things. But I'm here to tell you as a child of God that God has given me a word to tell you that you that are a Nazareth, you are the one that something good is coming out from you. You are the one that something good is coming out from you. Listen, this prayer and fasting that you have prayed and fasted for, sometimes you are fasted to the point that, oh, your dresses and your, you need to get a new dress, you need to get a new shoe, you need to get, you are fasted to a point that you need to get new stuff because when you look at your weight and you look at yourself, it, I mean, when you go outside, people will laugh at you. They will laugh at the Nazareth, they laugh at him. Oh, the Nazareth was the mother that came from the carpenters. I believe that even if Joseph's father was a carpenter, I believe that in Nazareth there were a lot of carpenters there. And then these carpenters, you yourself, you know carpenters, they don't have anything. Nothing good can come. See, they don't have any, they are broke. So they look at the appearance of Jesus and they're like, are you sure about it? Let's quickly go to John as I'm, I'm going to end on this. John chapter 1 verse 46 that there was a young man that was called Philip now I'll just now Philip finds Nathaniel and said unto him listen to these words of God very well Philip finds finding Nathaniel and said unto him we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophet did write Jesus of Nazareth cried the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said unto him, can there, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Oh, Jesus. The ways of men are not like the ways of God. Neither are they taught the thoughts of God. This fasting that you are fasting, even you are here, your, your spouse, your husband is saying, this fasting that you are fasting, can something good come out of it? Can't you get some food and eat? Can't you eat something? I remember not long ago, our ministry were fasting. And along the line, 
I have to fall sick. Then my parents like I have to take in medicine. And the first day I said, okay, I'll have to take medicine because I was ministering throughout and I have to go to work and I, when I do my fasting, most of the time I do a dry fasting. So I drink less water. I maybe within four hours or six hours I'll just take in a glass of water. Or sometimes I just go dry and I go to work. And it's very tedious when I'm working. So I got sick alongside the line whilst we are praying. Then I came home and my parents like, you have Charlie, you have to eat and drink medicine. So the day that I break the we break the fast night, I took medicine. And the next day my mother was like, Charlie, you have to take the medicine. Take the medicine. I like I told my mom like, Mahabui, I'm fasting, we'll have the doctor. I mean, she had disturbed my soul. Can we work more for more fasting than that? Than that. My mom was like, fasting. This is fasting, we are fasting, sir. I beg you, fasting. I'm so mad. Fasting, we are say fasting. My dad will come like, didn't you bring any food? You have to eat, you have to drink the food. But I realized that when I ate and I drank the medicine, people of God, I couldn't feel better that night. When I woke up and I fasted there, I felt much better than even that night. I felt much better than I did that. Because that fast, I remember we were doing a food fasting and we were just taking foods. And I woke up I thought I cannot fast, but I felt much better than I fasted. And I want to tell people here that these 14 days that you are doing, you have not wasted your time, not at all. You've not wasted your time. I mean, fasting, people see fasting to be like Nazareth. They can tell that can something good come up from our fast. One of the things that people love as Christians is our fast, our prayer life. And they see it as Nazareth. So Nathaniel saw that, are you sure about what you are saying, Philip? Have you ever come across that something good has come out from Nazareth? Have you ever heard that something good has come out from Nazareth? I am here to talk to somebody here that maybe your family you have not experienced any good news. Maybe people have given names to you and your family. Maybe you have not encountered a miracle, a breakthrough before. But I'm here to speak to your soul and I'm here to speak to you. But oh, let them talk about Nazareth. That which they said nothing good can come out of it. But it was out of Nazareth that the Savior came. Somebody, you are going to be the Savior of the family. You are going to be the Savior of that business. You are going to be the Savior of that ministry. You are going to be the Savior of that kingdom. They are calling you that you are a Christian. You are doing Christian's life all your life. Your attitude is so spiritual. I want to tell you that let them call you spiritual too. Let them call you that you are the papa of spiritual, the mother of spiritual. Even sometimes you are you are married, you, your, your spouse sometimes think you are going too extra about it. But listen, Nazareth was where 
the Savior came. So which means that if Nazareth had not existed, the Savior wouldn't have come from that place. I'm here to tell you that your situation needs to exist for God to come out from it so that people will see your God. That situation needs to be there. That Nazareth needs to be there for your God to come out from it. Oh, somebody, I want to tell you that you are on course and you are doing greater. The midnight prayer that you have been praying, the fasting that you have been fasting, it is your Nazareth. And if you are diligent to your Nazareth, something good is coming to, something good will come out from Nazareth. For they said that something good come from Nazareth. Oh, Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, oh, thou the son of God, thou the king of Israel. But I know that if I, I want to read a scripture that, that Nathanael said unto him, Henceforth, knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before Philip called thee, thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Listen. The Nazareth that he was talking about, that he said that that Nazareth, nothing good can come out from it. That Nazareth even saw him before he was even talking about it. Somebody, I'm here to prophesy to you as a prophet, that before even they will speak about your situation, God will reveal to you before you see it. Before they plan about the accident, God will reveal to you. Before you get that promotion, they will call you for that promotion, God will to you because you are Nazareth and Nazareth is where God's eyes is. Nazareth is where God can see. Nazareth is a place that there is clearance. Nazareth is a place where there is an offense. Nazareth, it is where the angels of God avail themselves. What you are doing the fasting, God angels have availed themselves and you are doing the right course and after this 14 days I want to speak to people here. It won't last for even eight hours after the 14 days some of you are going to receive your miracle in the day some of you are going to get a call that there is a job that you have been looking for and they are calling for an appointment and i can see in the realms of the spirit uh, prophetically i want to speak to somebody here that as we enter into the month of May, into August, in 15th August, as I see, I see a handed envelope that is coming back to you. And this envelope is coming and it is full of packages. And as I saw, I opened that and I saw they have written that you have been employed. Somebody that is looking for a job here between from now to the 15th of Agatha, you are going to receive a call, you are going to receive a call that you have been appointed. They are going to pick you because this fasting is your Nazareth. This fasting is a place that the people have neglected and they think nothing good can come out from it. But out of this one prayer for tonight, one prayer. I know most of us, we are test and hungry for a miracle. You are test and hungry for a breakthrough. You are test and hungry. You have waited upon the Lord. The scripture Isaiah 40 talks about they them that wait upon the Lord. You see, when you read from 29 going 28 downwards, 
the way you guys serve them. I think 2510 was, it was, it's talking about people have given up on their life and they are thinking nothing good can come out from them. And they think what they are doing, they are wasting time. And Prophet Isaiah to have to set through the mind of God and see and talk to them. Them that wait upon the Lord. Oh, Jesus. People of God, you are waiting in prayer. It is not waste. Mm. God is going to visit you. There is a strength that you are going to renew. There is a strength that you are going to renew. So you are hungry about something and praying for God to release unto you. We want to pray this prayer that may God quench our test. May God quench our test. That test, that hunger, the thing that you are hunger for. Some of you are hunger in the spirit to receive things from God spiritually. You are hunger in the in in in, in, in life to receive something from God. You want to lift up your voice and pray alongside with me that God may you quench my test. May you quench my test. Your voice and let's listen to pray. Hallelujah.